Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Life is not complex. We are complex. Life is simple, and the simple thing is often the right thing. Good morning, my beloved friends. This short and pithy quote by Oscar Wilde came to me as I sat down with Jesus and his disciples again this week, right where we left off last week. Do you remember what was happening? Here's a quick recap. Jesus is having his very last meal with his disciples. And last week, we heard the first part of what scholars call his farewell discourse, the words that he shares following their meal. Last week, we wrestled with some of what I have found both comforting and challenging about that passage in scripture. We heard him say to his no doubt increasingly anxious disciples that they need not be afraid. He spoke of his imminent departure almost at the same time he was reassuring them that he would not be leaving them alone. And then we wrestled with the seemingly contradictory sentences back to back. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I shared that for years I have had a discomfort with those last nine words, I have been unable to make sense of what has always sounded like a kind of religious xenophobia. I think I just made that phrase up, but you get what I mean. A kind of religious exclusivism, a way of keeping people separate and out. But through another lens, a different perspective, we considered the possibility that when taken in the context of that meal, that night, with those close followers of Jesus, on the eve of his impending absence. Maybe, just maybe, these were words meant only for them as reassurance, words that we might categorize as love language, language from the depths of relationship spoken only for love to grasp. So here we are this morning in the verses that immediately follow. And this is where the quote I used to begin with comes to mind. Life is not complex, we are complex. Life is simple, and the simple thing is often the right thing. As we sit here at the table with Jesus again, listening to his love language, trying to explain and perhaps comfort his disciples, it feels like he is trying to point them towards a simple path. While the words themselves get complex, each of them seem to circle back to the simple path of choosing love. Simple doesn't mean easy. Simple doesn't mean void of challenges or heartache or frustrations. And simple doesn't even necessarily mean obvious. Simple in this context, I think means listening to Jesus's words with such intent that we are able to tune out the noise and the cacophony of competing voices in ourselves and in the world around us just long enough to hear the words that might lead us to the simple path of choosing love. 
This past Wednesday, I attended <clears throat> our annual diocesan clergy conference, albeit in a very different way. For six hours, 90 Episcopal clergy from our churches in Northern Ohio filled four Zoom screens completely to gather for time together with our diocesan bishop, the Right Reverend Mark Hollingsworth Jr. and our special guest, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, the most Reverend Michael Curry. Sharing with, shared with the world when he preached at Harry and Meghan's royal wedding, Bishop Curry's spirit is infectious, his compassion genuine, and his faith both deep and wide. He offered us what he called the outtakes from a piece he wrote last month for the wider church titled, What Would Love Do? A Word to the Church Regarding the Rubric of Love in COVID-19. Side note, rubrics are the small italicized words we find in our prayer books giving directions and explanations of things that either may or must be done in our liturgical tradition, affording us both limitations and freedom. Bishop Curry draws out that meeting to offer a beautiful analogy for our spiritual journey. Rubrics, he posits, require us to exercise our judgment. And when we are at our best, we exercise this judgment under, the God, under God's rubric of love. In his written piece and in his comments to us, he offered a vision of what Jesus is inviting the disciples to consider at the end of John 21. It is the resurrection story where Jesus appears to the disciples on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias and has an exchange with them that results in Peter saying, I am going fishing. In other words, Curry mused, while he's not a fisherman, he hears that as, well, I'm out. I'm done here, and I'm going back to what I knew before all of this started. Bishop Curry shared he gets that, especially in today's context. How many of us haven't thought wistfully from time to time over the last 63 days, but who's counting, if only it were January 2020 again, what some of us wouldn't do to go back to what we knew before. And while that story in John's chapter 21 is a post-resurrection story, and today's story, six chapters earlier, is a pre-resurrection story, I hear the same invitation from Jesus to choose love. In both stories, the love Jesus is pointing to is sacrificial, selfless, love that puts others first, Love that asks us to risk stepping out of the center of our worlds. That is the call of discipleship, then and now. Feeding, caring, advocating, listening, growing, companioning, suffering with, and working for the justice and dignity of all. That is what love looks like when we say yes to choosing love. As we continue to live through this unprecedented time in our community and in the world, I have found myself wondering about the simplicity of this path and the complexity of our lives. Perhaps Oscar Wilde wouldn't mind if I just took a little liberty with the words and said, choosing love is not complex. We are complex. Choosing love is simple and the simple thing is often the right thing. 
Why is choosing love so hard for us so much of the time? In 1960, C.S. Lewis wrote a wonderful book titled The Four Loves, and in it he summarizes four kinds of human love, affection, friendship, erotic love, and the love of God. And in his chapter on the love of God, he wrote this insightful section, which I find to be very helpful. To love, he writes, at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping your heart intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe and dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable to love is to be vulnerable. To love is to be vulnerable. I think that's the reason why choosing love is both simple and also made so complex when we wrestle with finding it and then staying with it. To love means risking so much. Our comfort, our certitude, our deeply held beliefs, our patterns of thinking and our ways of being in the world. Choosing love can really mess all of that up in a pretty big way from time to time. Jesus must have known about that messiness, and so he was persistent throughout his entire ministry. His message never wavered. Oh, the place and the people and the stories and the symbols, they changed as he traveled. But whether it was before the resurrection or after the resurrection, his message was the same. Choosing love always put him in the wrong kind of places with the wrong kinds of people saying the wrong kinds of things, upsetting, challenging systems and people and governments and any tradition that wasn't grounded in love. And in the end, it was choosing love that led him to the cross. So here we are today, coming up on the end of this Eastertide season, this time when we have heard stories from Jesus's ministry, both before and after the resurrection, all of which to remind us, I think, of what it means to choose love. Choosing love is not complex. We are complex. Choosing love is simple, and the simple thing is often the right thing. Lately, conversations in church circles have started to swirl around what and when and how we might come back into our buildings to resume the life we knew before the middle of March. And while no one has a crystal ball, it seems to me that we are expending a lot of energy trying to make predictions that we simply can't make at this time. For the past two weeks, we have been sitting up close and personal as Jesus has used the intimacy of love language to shepherd the hearts and minds of his followers. 
and it seems to me that at a time of great uncertainty, he speaks to them there and then, tenderly reassuring them that they will not be abandoned and that he will still, even is in his absence, be with them. Do you hear anything similar in those words? Feels like such an emotionally parallel moment in so many ways to me. We are uncertain and often anxious. We want to have faith and we want to keep hope alive, but so much is unknown. We want to trust ourselves and each other, but so often we are disappointed in the decisions that others make. All of that has me wondering if there isn't something in this very moment of this sacred story we have been listening to that might be helpful right now, right here for us as well. What if there really is, in the end, no going back, only going forward? What if Jesus is trying to tell us in this context that things are going to die? and new things, things that we cannot see or know right now, are going to be born. What if we used this, this lesson of choosing love as our guiding light, as our divining rod in making decisions for our community going forward? What if in every concrete decision that we will be faced with in the days ahead, what if we stopped long enough as a community to ask, what would love do first? It means that our answers must be grounded in the selfless, sacrificial love that Jesus taught before and after the resurrection every time he invited his disciples to choose love. If we do take that path, we will be vulnerable. We will risk being wrong much of the time we won't do it perfectly, of course, because we are indeed complex and we will wrestle with competing needs and wants. But still, I think it is worth trying to do. We will fall short and we will disagree with each other on any number of things. But if we could really, really try to choose the path of love and risk being vulnerable, wow, that could really be something. So how about it? Maybe, maybe we can find the courage to hear the words of Jesus as clearly as he intended for his disciples then and now and take them into our hearts. May we stay open and responsive to the needs all around us every day, moving ourselves out of the center of our worlds to choose love that makes room for all. May we risk dying to self and old ways of being a little more every day so that again and again, choosing love will lead us to maybe a new creation. Choosing love is not complex. We are complex. Choosing love is simple. And the simple thing is indeed often the right thing. May it be so.